by the way, we had that water brought in special for you folks. It came from Well and Hinkley. Welcome everyone to the Philip Marlon podcast. Now that your your now that your watch has ended, your listen may Ooh. begin because Game of Thrones has finished as of yes. today slash last night at time recording. But we're not talking about it until maybe next month. We'll yeah. see. Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> Do you like it? I don't care either. It was fine. Um, me and Sarah saw objectively too many films this month between yes. ourselves, but none of them overlapped. So it'll be interesting to talk about um, you know double figures of films that we haven't either both seen. Yeah, apart from one. <laughs> Mm, guess which it is <laughs> yeah uh, it's only made almost three billion dollars worldwide it's very close to beating avatar it's 160 yeah. million off beating avatar oh, wow. so it probably, it probably will do it mm-hmm. until avatar 2 comes out and then beats it again yeah. and it's this, this giant money fight between some of the wealthiest entities on earth bleak <laughs> speaking of bleak ah. uh, it's time to bring back our uh, patented painted um, Irish movie ble- bleakometer as I think we should call it now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for our Irish movie section this month <laughs> <laughs> words are hard I agree words, are, words are hard that's why we, I watch movies I don't <laughs> say them yeah. don't say words I don't say we're movies we're writers either. not talkers that were yes. <laughs> made yeah. to do podcasts for <laughs> till we die <laughs> so yes um, I'll yeah I'll begin as we said we would <laughs> with um, Wild Rose um, which is the uh, it's it's Irish it's Scottish I mean it is technically a Scottish movie but it has an Irish uh, lead uh, in Jesse Buckley this does not rank high or it ranks low I don't know which way our bleakometer goes it is oh that's a good point how does this work I guess the higher it is the bleaker the bleaker it is so okay so this is if it ranks high it's bleak this okay so this is this is low on it okay and I suspect it's because it's uh it it is it's Scottish influences Mm -hmm. um because it feels very much like an Irish setup to a movie it's this you know Jessie Buckley's character she has just got out of jail um after a year where she was put in for drug possession and we find out like that her her kids have been she has two I think an eight eight year old and a five year old kid they've been living with her mother who is played by Julie Walters Um, yeah so great great performances there but basically she has to now try to figure her way back into society and it seems like she never was very good at it in the first place like juggling being a mother with working and also being unable to fulfill her dream of being a uh, Western singer. Um, I would say, isn't this a music <laughs> film? Where it is, is. It is. Like all I know about it is it's it's vaguely Irish and it's got a musical plot to it. Yeah. Like, what is this film? Is this the same film? <laughs> it is. Maybe I should have prefaced it with that. <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, the the where the sort of not Irish thing comes in is like, oh, actually, sort of getting to you know chase your dream and you know sort of ending up with a quite a happy ending, which is, mm-hmm. you know, happy, like achieving things, um, which is not really allowed in Irish films generally. <laughs> I feel. Yeah, no, that, that, that's probably right. Um, or at least if you do achieve things, there's some sort of Faustian pact. Yeah. Some kind of sword hanging over your head by the end of it. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it's funny. I think watching it, I was sort of like, what's what's all, what's with all this happiness? Where, <laughs> what, you know, there's, there's singing and happiness and dancing and stuff uh, and it's not like to be well, fair there were drugs though you know there so were also the, yeah um, <laughs> there so, was ass substance abuse therefore it's fine <laughs> exactly yeah so I mean to, like to be fair there there is still a lot of drama around things not going right along the way but 
there's just yeah there's a there's an amount of of happiness that just doesn't quite sit well with <laughs> with a dour Irish viewer I feel are you saying that made it a bad film because it was remotely happy <laughs> no I, I'm, I'm saying I think it like escapes its Irishness mm, in okay, that right. way hey, good yeah so yeah like enjoyed it a little bit schmaltzy but mm-hmm. I think that's it's probably good for that um, I'm trying to think how to rank my film, which is the new Neil Jordan movie, Greta. Because mm-hmm. um, it, it definitely, on a plot level, is quite bleak thinking about it. But it's also sort of a black comedy, so it plays off its bleakfulness with a, a wry smile. So I guess, I don't know, maybe a halfway up the bleakometer, because mm. it is bleak objectively in terms of what happens in it. But eh. uh, this is one of those ones where I feel like the more the plot you know... Okay. The worse off you are, but also I'm not sure how much the, I didn't see the trailer. I'm not sure how much the trailer gives away, and I feel like you have to give away a good chunk of it to kind of sell the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, do you mind if I spoil a lot of this? Um, I think if you need to talk about it in this way, it's I, I get it. <sighs> okay, so spoilers <laughs> for everyone, including Sarah. Um, <laughs> so the setup is Chloe Grace Moretz lives in New York, but it was mainly all shot in Dublin, and it's kind of watching, kind of going, "Ooh, is that is that like the bit behind?" Pig, is that that street? Uh, playing as New York. Nice. Um, I don't know why they shot most of it here, but they did. Uh, so she's a country girl living in the big city, and she finds a handbag on a train, and being the good country girl Samaritan she is, she returns it to this, you know, seemingly innocent, lonely old woman played by Isabel Hubert, which immediately obviously in your head goes, well, she's crazy because it's Isabel Hubert. Mm-hmm. Um, she becomes friends with the old lady, old lady, I say old lady, Isabel Hubert is not old, um, <laughs> older woman, um, gets very clingy and stalkery and then she tries to cut her off and then it it takes a turn that gets a bit more straight thriller horror-ish. Uh, I think it's decent fun. The first chunk of it's very iffy. Like, the acting feels very stilted. Mm-hmm. There's this really overall score. Which if you didn't know, again, if you didn't know it was going to take a turn halfway through it, like, it's it's so foreboding that it's almost comical. Like, it, it almost feels like a parody of itself. The score is so intense during like the quieter scenes um, once it sort of gets going it is good fun Hubert uh, is definitely having fun with it um, I haven't seen her in a ton of stuff but I know she's very well liked um, what was that one she was in L? yeah yeah that, that was really, really good interesting film yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what to say about it I think I liked it but also it was it was a thing yeah um, so yeah she's having fun this one it's very much just her playing the kookiest craziest murderiest French person she could possibly be mm-hmm. I don't know if it's great. Like, it's interesting having this kind of plot with all female characters. Uh, mm. okay, again, kind of spoil it. Like, it's it's kidnapping and trying to coerce someone into being your surrogate daughter slash friend. And I'll give the film all the props in the world for not having a lesbian subtext, which I was afraid it would because it's older lady and younger woman, like younger, more new. But like, Chloe Grace Smith always looks 12. I'm sorry, I know mm. she's like 20 now, but she always <laughs> looks like a kick-ass um, girl character because her face doesn't mm. age. And it, it seemed like it could have easily gone the whole, oh, it's an older lady seducing her and mm-hmm. being a predator. Like, no, it's an entirely unqueer film, which... I know I'm always like, like no more more queer movies come on but not in this case this is yeah, good that you, they didn't do it yeah you don't want it to be stereotypes no, like I love Killing Eve but even that one's a bit of a oh, okay. murderous lesbian vibe <laughs> to it um, yeah no I think that's definitely the biggest point in Sarah which given it's like it's a male director and mm-hmm. stuff but they didn't go for the more obviously titillating version of a thriller plot like this mm-hmm. uh, 
yeah, no, it, it's not that bleak in terms of tone. It is quite bleak in the last act, I'd say, in terms of plot. But it's decent fun. Um, but if you're in there for the hot lesbian romance action, <laughs> it's it's mercifully absent. So from talk of young girls to talk of young girls, yes. that is the creepiest segue I have ever uttered <laughs> my mouth. If someone isolates that clip and puts it somewhere, I'll be very sad. <laughs> um, Sarah, tell us about books. Or actually, no, I'm thinking about, should I do eighth grade first and you do book smart? Because then it's it's a natural progression of age. Because isn't book smart yes, the end of high school? it is about the end of yes. high school. Um, whereas eighth grade is the start of high school. American systems hmm. confuse me because yes. I think is she entering middle school or leaving middle school? What's middle school? How old are you in middle school? Hmm. <laughs> Can't yeah. they just have a simple system like us? Yes, where it's, just... it's the babby school and then the non-babby school. And you it's... have first class and you have first year yeah. and you have senior infants and it all just makes sense. It's grand. No, it's all <laughs> freshmen and middle schools and high schools yeah. and is there a lower school? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so this is Bo Burnham who is a renowned stand-up comedian, songwriter slash something else. Uh, well, a filmmaker now, yes. I suppose. Yeah, he 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 has a lot of talents. He yes. does. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I never knew who he was because I think I heard his name mentioned once a few years ago in relation to some kind of backlash. I don't know what he said, mm. but everyone seems to like him, so it must yeah. have been well, um, he a does, tongue-in-cheek joke he, taken too far or something. He does have, I think, some of his comedy is centered around like just how stupid white men are, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know, um, lots of people think. St- White men are great, so you know <laughs> this is a point of contention. <laughs> Another isolated vocal clip of Sarah to say white men are great. Um, yeah, uh, I think I watched some of his songs afterwards on YouTube, and they were very funny and in sort of a what's that guy's name Tim Minchin kind of way. Like they were oh, certainly yeah, a, yeah, yeah. they were entirely PC, shall we say? Mm. But I think like it was like you're saying it was the intent of the jokes wasn't. It meant well, but it's doing it in a way that's very... Sure, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. What's the word for here? Um, sort of trying to be ironic, but just not Yeah, kind ironic. of, I suppose, yeah. Um, anyway, so this is his film. Uh, it's incredibly earnest, and it's about mm. a, let's say, 14-year-old girl. I think she's meant to be 14. That's probably just the start of high school. Again, this isn't me not following <laughs> the film, it's just American systems confusing me. So she's 14. That's established that, right. Um, it's basically just a character study of the utter hell that is being a teenager and I think a really strong thing it does is it gets her psychology so right that oh. like anyone can kind of I think it works for anyone's generation but it's obviously mm-hmm. about like the current smartphone generation and how truly hellish their life looks like I mm-hmm. thought we had a bad no 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 this looks much wow. worse um, <laughs> I didn't know Snapchat would be so important to their lives I guess it is oh, wow. I, I'm glad I'm not there anymore <laughs> um so yeah, definitely would probably I think it would hit hardest if you are like an eighteen year old girl now. Mm-hmm. It it was a full body cringe of a film for me. Like I was wincing mm-hmm. the entire through it. I felt so uncomfortable. Not because it was bad, like it was really good. It was just all of it felt horrific and mm-hmm. I wanted to just leave. <laughs> wow. So imagine if you're a girl it must hit even worse. Um so it is just her it's just like it's maybe a week in her life where she's just transitioning from let's say again middle school to high school. <laughs> And hating her life because she's incredibly lonely, but she does all these like vlogs for YouTube, wow. which no one watches. But like the version of herself on the vlog is very confident, and mm. it's almost like she's giving herself advice from the vlogs to her real life self, even mm. though she doesn't seem to have that kind of confidence. And then she like meets a high schooler and becomes sort of friends with her and realizes, oh, and it's not all as bad as it could be, and blah blah blah. And um, but yeah, no, it's incredibly strong. I think 
the thing I liked about the most was that even though it's this really low stakes drama mm. and it's situations she's in are really small scale. Like it's just her being invited to like the pool party of the popular girl she was mm. never talked to before and going there. But the score is like a score from a horror film, so I think it okay. just it does the anxiety of social situations. Oh, if that's you're really clever. Really, yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah, really yeah. good. Um, and the score is actually really good. It's it's very it followsy or mm-hmm. what was other film? Um, can't remember. <laughs> One of those modern scores where it's all synthy and overwrought and mm-hmm. cool and good. Um, there's one bit where, and I won't say what happens, but it does, <laughs> it does hit it onto the old bleakometer. It does hit a point of addressing something which I feel it had to address. If it didn't address it, it would have felt untrue and realistic. And I think credit to Bo Burnham, he knows just how far to take it without mm-hmm. the film feeling icky. Like it pulls okay. back at the right moment. Um, like it's a vaguely sexually salty kind of bit. Um, but again, like it, it knows where to stop so that you don't sort of lose sympathy with the film. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, like it's addressing it and saying like, look, these things do happen and it's bad. But it also, it doesn't go so far as to be really icky and explosive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know why anyone would want to watch it because like it's not a fun <laughs> watch, but it's a really phenomenally good sort of yeah. interior viewpoint yeah. of adolescence and the hell that that is. Yeah, no, that I can, yeah, I can see, yeah, like you gotta watch stuff that just you identify with, even if mm-hmm. you're not enjoying it. That, no, that sounds really cool. Do you, has anyone ta- talked about, or like, do you think it being a male director, does that add, add or take away anything from it? Or? Um, I feel as a male, I need a quick answer to that question. Um, I actually don't know anyone like of my kind of close female friends who actually have seen it yet. So okay. I'm dying to know what they think of it because yeah, I, I do yeah. suspect if I found it that affecting and just that, again, painfully cringy uh, in a, like not in a bad way, in a good way, mm. I'm sure it must be even worse for any of mm. any of yourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I do suspect there's probably some little things that could have been more correct, but I think it is more about that age group opposed to the yeah. gender so okay. much. Like the yeah, gender yeah. of the main character isn't unimportant but it's not mm-hmm. as much focused on as just that age bracket I think mm-hmm. um, but yeah I suspect probably there's shortcomings there if you know what to look for uh, I myself do not mm. as a as a as a male male man um, <laughs> but yeah no it's pretty good that's cool no, I actually I really have to see it after hearing about it mm, um, no, I mean I'm, I'm sorry I didn't get to see it before this um, but no that that sounds really really good Um Shall I move on yes, to our accompanying indeed. film? Because um, I suppose there's some... Well, well, one similarity with Booksmart um, is it's also directed by a an actor, if not... <laughs> Bo Burnley. He made Bo two films. Bo- <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, which, um, yeah, so it's directed by Olivia Wilde. Oh, of course. Um, yes. So I don't know if she's uh, also a comedian or musical person or anything but maybe she is all I can think of when I hear her name is she was in that Tron film wasn't she um I think so what else is Olivia Wilde but in she's in um House was for was probably oh, her biggest of course. role yes, yes, um, yes. I should not watch that but yes that's, that's mm, the main one okay right not just was, Tron yeah. <laughs> she was also I probably shouldn't know this but she was no? in the one of the music videos for Dashboard Confessional <laughs> Don't so, even know what that is. Okay, uh, let's move on. Um, <laughs> I'll Google it later and like send you taunting messages. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> whatever reason, that's bad. Um, it's just sort of old. Well, not it's it's sort of early. Know, we're mid- old now. You can say old. <laughs> well, it's pretty old. Um, but it's also just like overly kind of emotional breakup music. <laughs> uh, okay, right, right, right. so that um, kind of thing. <laughs> um, 
but yeah. Fair enough. Check them out. <laughs> I, I will, Sarah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, as I said, this is about slightly older American school girls, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, another great moment. Just don't take it out of context. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is about a, sort of a 200 this time. And actually, it's two people I really was really happy to see. So there's Catelyn Deaver. Uh, she was one of the, she was a really good character in Justified, that series, uh, okay, if you ever saw yeah. that. Um, and then uh, Beanie Feldstein, uh, who was the best friend in Ladybird. And yes. I really wished that she was the main character in Ladybird because she was well. really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I mean, I was kind of just really happy to even just see those two mm-hmm. uh, actors getting the sort of attention they deserved. And, well, they're actually just also a very good comedic double act. I, I guess that one of the differences between uh, eighth grade is this is quite a lot more comedic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's um, I think it's probably still similarities. I mean, eighth grade was funny. It was there you go. Though, so it's funny. Two movies that are funny. Um, <laughs> we, we, who knew? Women <laughs> yeah, would be funny. That's Guys. After <laughs> <laughs> 2019. It's um, still happening. There you go. But yeah, no, so this is sort of like a female super bad I kind of like to describe it because it's these two. Mm, okay. I don't know, I, think it's for, I think it's for good reasons. Right, right, right. Um, or at least I'm really glad that they didn't try to make a female super bad like 10 years ago because that would have crashed God, and burned. that would have been horrific. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. But this is about two sort of model students who made it to the, the their last day of um, high school. And actually what I quite enjoy about it is it is kind of doing that thing that high school movies are doing in the last while, which is like, flipping kind of the convention so 22 jump street i really mm-hmm, like the house mm-hmm. like the you know the nerds are the cool people now um and also they're all, they're all like dealing weed okay um <laughs> but yeah so this is like that these two students have they like they're kind of like oh well we didn't party we you know studied hard and we're going to our choice universities so everything's fine and then they find out that like everyone is going to harvard and yale and so they're then yeah then realizing how much they've missed out on everything, so they go on like a party odyssey <laughs> for their last day. Um, so it, yeah, like I think it is quite quite fun. It does end up, I think, depending a little bit too much on that convention of like, whoa, this person wasn't who you expected. They're actually right. this person because I think literally nearly every character <laughs> that you encounter mm-hmm. has that, uh, <laughs> which is a little grating, bit yeah. a little bit grating. But it, it's also like very funny along the way. And also Amy, one of the two characters, is out and and has been for years. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, it's a big deal in one sense in that part of the story is like her trying to actually talk to her crush at the end of the, at the, end of the movie. Mm. But the other side is like her being gay isn't, isn't like a point of contention. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I suppose that's, that's probably cool, yeah. the, the better... Like it is really um, nice to see that, and I think it's sort of it's quite a nice. Well, I did go in hoping that it would be this year's blockers, right? Yes. And I think it kind of is. Excellent. That's really good. So, that's really yeah, high praise. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like it's. Um, I wouldn't say there's some stuff that's like a little bit hit or miss, mm. but it's it's really funny and also just wholesome and like actually very funny. Like there was stuff Ooh, I was just good. laughing out loud at. So nice. It's really yeah, really. Um, the trailer was very good, so yeah, it there you go. For it. Um, um, so yeah, no, highly recommend it, and um, yeah, good to see like lots of movies about girls in school at the moment, <laughs> and made by women too. Yes, and made by women. Like the upcoming Charlie's Angels reboot, which I'm very excited. Oh for. yes, Ooh. <laughs> will it be the same as the glory days of the early 2000s, directed by McGee? 
Uh, probably not, but <laughs> it would be a, lot, a much better film. Um, okay, uh, I know you just talked, mm. but do you want to talk about three I'm more films do, on I'm, your own? I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose um, I can keep talking about women and women-directed movies. Good, I'm glad um, to hear it. With, yes, do that. With the first of my... Uh, <laughs> that might be very threatening about this. Yeah, You talk about those female-directed <laughs> films, Sarah. God damn it. <laughs> Fine, well, when you put it that way. Um, this is, yeah, the first of my Netflix corner. Um, I think we need a name for this because there's a lot of Netflix happening in the show, it seems late. Uh, uh, yeah. Netflix niche. Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We probably shouldn't come up because we're not good at coming up with <laughs> no, names. Uh, no, we're not. Uh, remembering names <laughs> or, or just names. Uh, yeah, anything yeah. speaking is hard. That's it. Oh, well. But yeah, actually, so. <laughs> this isn't content you're paying for, people. You have to pay about it. <laughs> Sorry, go on. That's quite okay. So this, yeah, this is actually a third directed movie directed also by another actor. Mm-hmm. So this is Amy Poehler's uh, Wine Country. Oh yes, of course. And I think we were talking about it before. Like it is a bit of like a Netflix movie, but it's also quite fun. Like for one, I'm kind of glad to see like women getting to do stuff going around just drinking wine because mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of men do that we have, <laughs> over we <have>. the years. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's about time they flip the script. Um, and there's also kind of a funny, a slightly funny running gag through it of just like that none of them actually care about learning about wine. They're that's just... fun, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's, there's kind of clever little things like this. So it's a group of five um, women who are all played by comedic character uh, actors. There's Amy Poehler herself, Maya Rudolph, Tina Fey is there. She's not one of that group. Mm-hmm. She she is the person who rents them their villa for the the week. Right. But you you know, it, it, she actually also gets a nice little uh, story arc herself. So it's around Rachel Dratch's character. I, I don't know if you know Rachel Dratch. She, I didn't really know her before, but I realized she plays. I know her. Yeah. Okay, she plays. Um, last week tonight. John Oliver. John Oliver's yes. uh, his wife in his Republican wife in sort of a lot of the sketches oh, and stuff. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and she's she's by far well, I mean, they're all funny, but she is really funny in this. Um, so it's yeah, glad to glad to finally know who she is. <laughs> um, so it's her fiftieth birthday. I'm mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that like those actors are actually fifty, but maybe some of them are. Like people like Maya Rudolph, Amy Poehler. I I I I would have thought it, yeah, but maybe something. I guess they probably are. I mean, yeah, I suppose they might be, yeah. So um, good job them. They are, yeah. So they they're off on like their um, on a celebratory uh, weekend um, of wine drinking. Um, Jason Schwartzman also turns up, and it's a bit weird. He's like Mm. the guy who like cooks them meals in their house and also drives them around everywhere <laughs> so it, uh, yeah it's uh, it sort of just feels like they wanted to put him in there but you know it's funny enough I suppose mm. and yeah I mean it. it's definitely there's there's kind of sort of a lot going on some of it's uh, like some storylines stick some of them are a bit weird there's one storyline about they go to a an art um, art show because one of the women falls in love with this waitress and she says like let's go or not falls in love but is it mm-hmm. it's this person she's attracted to they invite her there and then there's this whole like weird scene which is just like millennials are weird are they like what is it with them and their actually it's like what is it with them and their confidence and it's like mm. you've not met many millennials have you <laughs> <laughs> do you and, think the joke is like a meta joke of I, them not getting it or I, that's actually what Tina Fey and Amy Poehler 
think. I think I think there is some meta stuff going on because yeah, it then kind of comes around to like them being like you realize you fifty year olds are the one who ones who are being weird here. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it sort of works, but I'm also like it's it's a bit. Str- I think they're stretching a bit. They're right. you know, I I would have preferred it without that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. But you know, it's, they they tried stuff. But you would do that as a millennial, Sarah. Can't you take a joke, et cetera, et cetera? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's it. Oh, also boycott wine country. <laughs> that's that's what I'm here to say today. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, white men are great. Boycott wine country. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things I have to say. And what, yeah, actually, one of the the things that I'm sort of also in two minds about, but I think it might have been quite good, was their final sort of obstacle in the mm-hmm. film is that they're up at the top of like a sort it's supposedly like a precipitous kind of hill right um which they have to like try and navigate their way down it's obviously not actually that dangerous at all but they you know you're supposed to think it is but i'm sort of like is this their way of being like you know you have to like you're you know have you're on stakes. well you're on your decline in life oh, and you have yeah. to learn how to get your way down uh, that's actually, that's which, kind of alright. Yeah, which um, I'm kind of like. So it's sort of like a bit clunky, but I kind of admire them for trying it. Yeah, like it's really on the nose, but also in its own way, kind of abstract. Yeah, that's yeah. Odd. All right, <laughs> it is. There's also like quite a bit of like people falling down and. <laughs> What's there? It being it's funny, a comedy so. involving movement. They have yeah. to fall down all the time. That's the rule of movies. <laughs> yeah. So you've seen this movie already? <laughs> Only in my mind, it seems. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so like I do admire it. Um, not everything worked, but I, yeah, like I, I would like to see more things trying things. For a like Netflix that. comedy, that's probably yeah, the highest praise exactly. you can give it. Like some of it actually worked. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. There was no Chlorophyll paradox in terms of being a yeah. god awful shit pile. It's always, you know, a good thing for a Netflix movie. <laughs> Very true. So yeah, I suppose I don't have really any sort of segue into my next Netflix movie okay. um, this is uh, so I'm not going to say the Spanish language um, name because I don't know it um, but in English <laughs> it, it, it is uh, who would you take to a desert island so it's as I said it's set in Spain um, it's about these like four friends who have been uh, sharing a, uh, an apartment for like eight years I think and this is the last night before they all go their separate ways and I sort of watched this because the the um, sort of premise is that uh, they sort of end up playing this sort of drinking game, I guess, which is like, yeah, if if you if you had to pick one person to bring with you, who would it be? And it turns out, like, you know, this sort of game leads them to place unexpected places. And I think it shows the t- the type of movie I like to watch because I was like, who's going to murder who? <laughs> <laughs> Does, um, it, does it go that way? It, it doesn't go that oh, way, no. Okay. I, I think I was kind of... I so think were you was, annoyed it didn't go that way? Or? No, I wasn't annoyed. <laughs> it's just, do you, do you know that... Have you seen that movie, The Invitation? No, I haven't seen The Invitation. Okay. Uh, I think I know the vague plot of it, though. It's okay, similar yeah. to the film I'm thinking of. But anyway, sorry, go on. Gra- yeah, um, yeah. No, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's a really... That is a really weird movie about cults and... Yeah. And friends coming together for dinner parties that go the wrong way. Cool. And it's 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 really good... Um, it's terrifying, and I think I've kind of always hoped that another movie would like come right, along like okay, that. Right. So this isn't that movie, oh. 
but <laughs> it's still pretty good. Like it's it's very I think it's very decent for what it's trying to be. Yeah, for film about murder, it was all right, <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Yeah, um, like there's a lot of great performances. So one thing that I don't know, I, I don't really know what I can take from it to a certain degree because it's sort of addresses LGBT issues mm-hmm. without kind of spoiling it too much. But there's quite a there's a bit of like use of homophobic slurs throughout, which I feel like look, it's not I'm not even watching it in the original language. <laughs> and also And I'm still offended. And I'm still offended. <laughs> uh, and so I don't know like in a certain sense I don't know how what's the word? Like if there are more colloquialisms or Yeah, or or even just like how well the terms are used within yeah, the movie. Yeah. Do you know? So like to me I'm just sort of like Oh, I don't really like to see that. But at the same time, maybe that's just me being a stupid foreigner, not realizing how carefully and well used it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I I don't I, I like certainly think it's it's worth seeing. <laughs> you know, but um, I I guess I wonder what I'm missing from the original right. language. Yeah. You know, like I suppose it may be possibly just also how issues around homophobia are dealt with in different cultures. So. There you go. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, but but yeah. in summary, despite a lack of murders, despite but an abundance of, of slurs, yes. it's pretty good. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, my last Netflix uh, movie is also not in English. Oh, Shocker. You're so cultured. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so this is an, Indian, an Indonesian language uh, film called Susanna Buried Alive. And it's an interesting movie. I think it's just because the premise is not something I'd ever come across before Mm. and yeah so it's this woman becomes pregnant after like years of hoping but she is then brutally murdered by her her, some of her husband's work uh, like her her husband is wealthy businessman who like basically doesn't pay his workers enough so Mm -hmm. they come to steal from his house but end up murdering her because they thought she'd be out and so some of the politics are a bit weird but (laughs) Basically, she then, when she dies, she becomes two ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, one is like a like I don't know, vengeful poltergeist type uh-huh. thing, but the other is just like a reg, just sort of like a her alive, but she's not alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds insane. But can yeah. I just say I thought it was going to go a much different direction. Like when you, okay. said the, when you said the name of it, and then that it was really weird, and that a pregnant woman dies. My assumption was her consciousness gets into the baby, Ooh. and she has to like get out <laughs> of the womb. That would be horrible. And no one horrible. Has to do that. Yeah, uh, that's that true. version is still fucking mad that you just said, but in a, yeah. a less horrible way. True, true. <laughs> so I mean, the, the, what's really interesting about it is that she's a, that everyone presumes she's still alive because the. The sort of the regular ghost version of her is just going around doing her regular life. So they can all see the ghost? They can all see the ghost. Okay. And they all think it's still her. So then there's a rumor going around that she's dead. <laughs> is it a black comedy? Sort of, yeah. yeah like there, okay. there is a lot of like, it's, yeah, like there is a lot of comedic elements and there's also a lot of really gruesome, horrific elements. It's, I may have it's, to watch this. <laughs> it, it's, it's really interesting. <laughs> but not good. Just no, no, it, it, oh, no, I mean, I, d- I did think it was good as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I like it's it's interesting for other reasons, but just mainly it's just like, how did how did they think this up? Like, it's great. 
take note of that one. Yeah. And and I suppose as well, you ask if it's a black comedy, and I think it is, but I suppose, again, I don't really know enough about Indonesian culture to be oh, sure. Maybe it's like it's straight face and you're just laughing at it. And you're actually being sensitive. <laughs> yeah. That, that is a worry with films. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, um, three movies that I very much enjoyed. Um, you watch the comfort of your own home. Yes. If you have Netflix, you're part of the, the corporate mass. That's it. Okay, now my turn to go for three films on my own. I guess I'll start with John Wick 3. Uh, what are your feelings for the John Wick franchise? Ooh. Have you seen them or do you care? Yeah, um, I have seen the first two. Um, and I, I really love the first one. Mm-hmm. I was then very much let down by the second one. Interesting. Why is that? Um, I remember thinking that it was just suddenly too much about storyline. <laughs> mm-hmm. Too much about ridiculous... I suppose it just it just felt like they just went too much for the like this stuff doesn't actually make sense. We're just gonna like pretend it does. You will hate the third one. <laughs> That's all I got <laughs> well, to say. <laughs> I might. And I, I'd say that's fair, but I actually think I might want to revisit them. Mm-hmm. Um because yeah, like I think maybe I feel like maybe I did take the first one too seriously in certain ways. Like maybe if I re maybe maybe if I rewatch the first mm. one, I might be able to enjoy the second one more and maybe enjoy the third one more. Okay, uh, I think your your gut instinct is probably right in that. In my mind, I always think of one as the boring one, but having mm. now endured the third, actually, okay, to preface, I actually really like the third one, but mm. I also have a lot of problems with it. I think the first one is the best of the three in terms of pacing. Like it's actually okay. telling. It's a very simple story, but like mm. it's it's a. It is a story with action scenes in it, whereas yes. the second one is more like a series of action scenes with a story kind of happening around it, mm-hmm. and the third one is just wall-to-wall action scenes with the vaguest backstory in the background happening, Yay. and it just feels like a reset of the first two. Like, the end of the third one, I was like, please don't make another one, even though the end of the third one is basically the end of the second one. Like, it's just, this will never stop. It's just this constant cycle of mm-hmm. the same things happening over and over again. Yeah, I think... Mm, the third one for me is the most perfect distillation of what a video game film would honestly look like. If you just wow. if you made a game mm-hmm. of an action if you made a film of an action game, this is what it looked like. It's just endless shootouts. And look, I think the second one is kind of really fun. I like the bit where he's just headshotting like dozens upon dozens of men <laughs> and it's very impressive visually and also mm-hmm. you know, kind of horrifying because he's just he's killing hundreds of people. Yeah. <laughs> with like this incredible robotic finesse, which is just awe inspiring and just a living nightmare. The third one is that to an even greater extreme, and by the end of it, I was thoroughly exhausted and kind of bored. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because the first half of three is great. There's some really inventive close combat fight sequences in the first half of it. The Halle Berry character is fun, and her attack dogs feel like a, a power-up she has that she can just like, launch every now and again. Probably the highlight for me was the Halle Berry chunk, where it's just him and her shooting endless people in the head, and there's dogs just attacking people, and dogs doing like all kinds of crazy flips and jumps and stunts. Uh, no dogs die in this film it's good <laughs> uh, they, they have bulletproof armor now literally uh, her dogs wear bulletproof armor wow. just in case okay <laughs> um, in terms of what you said about the plot for the second one feeling too stupid uh, I think again the first one should have been the end they should have made yeah. sequels even though I'm yeah. glad they did well and they made more sequels I think the first one the reason the first one gets away with it is because it's a really simple story where mm. they just went okay but let's just have in the background like let's hint at this really weird universe that mm. we, don't, we don't really explain what's kind of yeah, hint at yeah. and second one okay now we have to like make another, another film so let's just let's do more of it yeah and the third one does more of it again but now it feels really stupid mm. and it also feels like the entire world is in on it 
Like everyone he meets, oh, wow. like that was bad okay. in two, but it's much worse in three. Where literally every person in New York in New York seems to know what's happening. Okay. I was like, so are there any like real people left, or is this the world this quote unquote secret society? And the rules of it get much more weird, and there's adjudicators, and it's, ugh, it's okay. Again, I kind of like the I like the idea of this universe. But mm. in practice, watching it, it's kind of getting really up its own arse now. And I, mm-hmm. I'm not even sure how much that's a joke. Like, maybe they're going to go, let's just push this as far as we can as a joke. Like, let's just okay, keep yeah, yeah, making yeah. this more and more bureaucratic and more and more stupid. But that's sort of a tongue-in-cheek thing. But maybe it's serious. I have no idea. Mm. And they're making a TV show now, aren't they? Called The Confidential, okay. which will tie into it somehow. I don't know. Yeah. It is too long. I think it's it's probably over two hours. But oh, by the time you get to the last <laughs> chunk of it, when you've just watched again like endless endless fight scenes there's so few bits that aren't fight scenes which is really wow. impressive on one level because it's a an endless showcase of really well done like in-camera stunts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but by the time at the end and he's having he ends like the final boss fight room which looks like a final boss it's all glass and skulls and again it looks very impressive and he meets the it's one of the guys from the raid movies and someone else okay and you're like, okay, cool, that's the one the raid guys, this will be a good fight. But also, I know there's another fight after this, so I'm like, ugh. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're, they're only like the sub-bosses of the main boss who's still upstairs above them again. Wow. And like <laughs> half an hour to go. And I know from people who do Psylot and stuff that it's very impressive and it's very mm-hmm. accurate and realistic. But to my thinking, if this is a real depiction of actual martial arts, those fights would be 10 seconds. Whereas these are yeah. like human meat robots that are just punching there for like 20 or 30 minutes. He gets hit by two different cars. Uh, spoiler, he, su- he survives falling off a building. <laughs> okay. Point. Like a tall building. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, these three films have all taken place over the course of like two weeks. So like his injuries oh, yeah. in the last two films are still kind of in play. And it's it's nonsense. It's so stupid if you stop and think about it. Mm. Fair play Keanu Reeves. He's pushing 60 and he's still in these stunts. And he's riding wow. horses and shooting people off horses. And it's great. It's really good. But mm. also... I'm okay if you stop now. I'm, yeah, kind, of, I'm yeah. kind of sick of these. Because <laughs> um, I've always maintained that I wouldn't mind a film where like, you basically watch someone play a video game. But mm. I'm like, well, I've now seen that. And you know what? Yeah, yeah. I could watch it, but I don't watch it again. I don't mm-hmm. watch any more of it. Because their big conceit for the final, not the final, the, the third to last fight scene is that it's all bulletproof people he's fighting. So it's just him basically... Okay. <laughs> the look on your face. Um, <laughs> It's him using guns to not kill people, but like just keep them down while he like <laughs> has to then like get close enough to shoot them in the neck. That's the only weak point they have. Okay, and it's it's sort of ridiculous and stupid and funny, but also kind of impressive. Just yeah, yeah, the way it's being done. But it's also like, how do you make a fourth one now? Like, what's yeah. the next? He's literally fought an army of bulletproof men and won. Like, what do you do next? Yeah. Then he fell off a building. Yeah, like, outer space maybe. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay, you, you sold me, sir. I mean, the All fourth right. one's dead in space. I, I'm, I'm good. Two other things that I didn't like about it. One, it gets very self-aware um, mm. to a slightly obnoxious degree at the very end where he meets the raid guys and they're like, oh, it's John Wick. We have to fight John Wick. And oh, it's like, because I know he's shit. meant like he's a known person that universe. Yeah. That's the whole point of the first two. But now it's like, oh, I get to fight John Wick. I'm like, please stop. Yeah. I'm embarrassed for you and for me for watching this. Just to stop this whole dialogue now. Uh, the cinema I saw it in there were a group of lads TM behind me they were uh, on every fight scene every bit of blood and dismemberment and they were like basically cheering and clapping at that bit and I was like please go wow. home <laughs> I hate you and I hate me for being here um, so that pissed me off the other thing is ever since 
my last year of film studies where I did a, a module with Diane Negra. I can't not look through every film in, through this lens of like uh, like racial and ethnic coding. Oh, oh yeah. This film <laughs> has some weird shit going oh. on that I would like someone with like a degree in depictions of race and ethnicity to kind of just, just deconstruct for me and explain mm-hmm. to me what it means. So they reveal pretty early on when Angelica, Angelica Houston's in this one. Uh, as the head of like a Romani tribe, I think she's white in real oh, life. Isn't wow. she? That's really yeah. dodgy. Um, <laughs> and they reveal that like they raised John Wick. What? Uh, so he's part <laughs> Romani now as well, I oh, guess. Good lord! And like they're a subset of the overall underworld in these movies, but they're also separate because they're a different. They're their own thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> and then uh, he has to go above. So the high table was the the big nebulous controlling mm-hmm. forces in the other movies. Um, so he has to go above them to kind of try and win back favor to meet the elder. So he has oh. to go to the desert in Morocco <laughs> and then meet this this stereotype in the desert in like a what's the word for those like kind of tent things, like a Lawrence of Arabia situation. Where he goes to the middle, he walks for like miles, and then gets picked up by a camel, and then okay. gets brought for the elder, which just feels like a weird thing and. So there's a man in Morocco that controls all this. He lives in the desert and has not access to anything. It's like, what's happening? Oh, <laughs> so, Lord. This is so strange. So yeah, the world building, I think, has gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> you should stop. Um, the Romani thing, I don't know. I feel like that's probably in poor taste in some way. But yeah, I'm sounds not sure. I mean, but also the fact that, yeah, the like the controlling force is just like, has nothing to actually to do with the modern world. Or not yep. the modern world, but... You know, weird. The world will be know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and then Lawrence Fishburne's still there, like running the homeless network of New York, and oh right, that's still a thing from the second one. But now it seems more so. Uh. And I don't know. Um, <laughs> again, as a purely as a like a stunt work showcase, phenomenal, great mm. stuff. I could have done with like half as much stuff. Just <laughs> could have mm. half those fight scenes. Save them for the next one. Mm. Add in more actual plot line. Or a storyline, or just characters. Um, human dialogue would be nice, mm. <laughs> not just like weird glances and like monosyllab- monosyllabic sort of utterances and like just sliding coins across tables. Like uh. so much as people sliding coins across tables and like nodding <laughs> at each other. It's like, what is happening? What's going on? Someone just say something. And like most of Reeves' dialogue is just him saying "yeah" to the camera. Okay, like, okay. <laughs> great. Uh, so yes, I, I don't want to come across like a spoil sport. Buzzkill. Like they did enjoy it, but also just so very tired. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> um, fair. <laughs> to jump from that to something the other end of the spectrum, Detective Pikachu. Sorry, Pokemon Ooh. Detective Pikachu is the full <laughs> title. Uh, this is a weird one. Um, you haven't seen it, no. no had you planned to I, see it? <laughs> I had thought about it, and then, yeah, then I actually did see some stuff which was like, yeah, it's not really worth it. And then, I, to be fair, I did see other stuff Engine. which was like, it's worth your time. And then I, <laughs> yeah, so I think I was very conflicted and just... What was then the um, the not worth it? What did they say about it? Um, the not worth it was saying like that the what there's only like six Pokemon within it or something. There's only or yeah. there's not very many there's a lot of background ones. <laughs> okay, I think it was possibly that there's not that Pokemon don't actually come into the story all that much or something. Maybe I'm very wrong there. Um, yes, no, and I, I think um, as well that they were kind of saying that the main character like that his his arc is is all right i'm sorry maybe not the main character's arc but that someone is his arc is just like i used to think humans were bad but now i learned that they're good and it was all thanks to you and that character was called his second name is literally goodman 
Um, so there was sort of, I, I think it was possibly just that it was a very trite, uh, over, mm, okay, overarching right. story. Um. But, you know, that, that that was one one that I heard. So you can tell me whether I'm right or wrong now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't have that much Pokemon nostalgia. Like, mm, I obviously, sure. as we all did, we all had oh, the cards yeah. back in the day and yeah. stuff. And I could still name <laughs> a good few of the original 150. Uh, but I don't care all that much. Mm. Uh, I still saw this out as kind of curiosity because it's odd that it exists. Uh, on the front of Pokemon not being that important to the plotline, I think that was smart because mm. if you were to adapt one of the Pokemon games into a film, it would be, <laughs> well, it would be sort of like a John Wick situation except yeah. for just dog fights every five minutes. That's true. <laughs> uh, so I think making it essentially a weird throwback detective movie that just happens to have a Pokemon world in it where they're all just walking around the streets and stuff is smart. Mm-hmm. It did mean that most of the film, especially because I, I saw it release night, uh, evening screening release night sold out guess how many children were actually there oh wow I'm going to say three two <laughs> two oh, <so laughs> the rest close. was all our age and older okay which shows you who this is skewing yeah, towards um, yeah every time a single recognisable every time a single Pokemon was on screen someone would be pointing at it going oh oh making like oh, all noises right. like, oh my god and I was like that was obviously the intended. Like, it's yeah, ready. It's Ready Player okay. One for Pokemon. Oh, That's what interesting. it is. Interesting. Yes. Uh, so that shit pissed me <laughs> off because I can't stand that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did enjoy it though. I think I'm curious to hear from someone who actually has children and brought children. Mm. I have a feeling kids will be bored by it. Okay. Uh, the jokes, for the most part, to my mind, seem to skew older. Um, there's one joke about. Pikachu getting fingered, which is like, this is not oh, no. for children. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's a reference, a really sly, oblique reference to Ed Gein. <laughs> like, this is this is not for kids. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's the level we're at. Mm. Now, I've told you two like the dirtiest, worst jokes, and neither of them are that explicit, but they're they're there. Okay. And I was like, that's the tone that we're going for. Uh despite what the trailer will tell you, Bill Nighy's in this, oh, uh, right. which is surprising. <laughs> and seeing, you know known British character actor Bill Nye mm-hmm. saying some of the li- dialogue he's made to say was very interesting, very amusing, very weird. <laughs> and apparently he's now a massive Pokemon fan having worked on this and like wow. brought loads of props home and stuff and is obsessed. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Bill Nye. Um, he, the, mm, I guess to compare it to like the Sonic thing mm. of recent weeks. Uh, yes. So the Sonic trailer tried to, we've all seen the Sonic trailer at this point, I assume, <laughs> try to make him quote unquote realistic yeah. and it was a nightmare <laughs> this film didn't try that at all it just went let's just take the original designs and basically just make them as real worldy as we can without losing their cartoonishness so mm. there's a sort of uncanny valley thing where like the Bulbasaurs and stuff sort of look like they're made of Play-Doh or like mm-hmm. plasticine like, they still look like they're existing in the world they don't look like they're made of any kind of organic material the likes of Pikachu looks fine he's all kind of furry and stuff so it's alright but it is sort of hit and miss whether they look like a believable creature mm. or like a like Mr. Mime is a nightmare oh yeah uh, that sequence <laughs> is very funny and again mm. very dark mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> so I guess to ruin that joke a little bit just, again the, the level that this is on the way they extract information from Mr. Mime is uh, what's his name actually a yeah, good one I think is the main guy isn't he that's Justice Smith's character I okay. think is it maybe Justice Smith's character <laughs> uh, Mime is pouring petrol on him and then like oh lighting a gosh. match and like threatening with the match wow. and that's how he spills the beans then I don't remember that bit from the trailer <laughs> yeah, the trailer doesn't show that bit like it, it starts that sequence doesn't go yeah, that far okay. um, and then like the sequence ends and accidentally dropping the match and it cuts away I'm not sure oh. what happens then does he <laughs> what happens if a, 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 a psychic Mime gets burned by psychic yeah. fake fire does he actually die I don't know <laughs> 
the film doesn't explain but that's again that's the level these jokes are at which mm. I think kids wouldn't care about this mm. they wouldn't get it they might be scared by it um, there's not that many action sequences what little are there are pretty good and fun and weird and I guess cool seeing a, a fully realised Mewtwo being mm. like an all powerful god creature but it's just I don't know why this movie exists mm. I really don't understand why I got greenlit or why it'll make tons and tons of money because mm. I, I do want to know what kids think of it I, I suspect they'll hate it or at least be kind of like eh yeah, but yeah. Uh, it does seem to be going down well with the, the millennial ironic mm. audience which is Good. fine <laughs> um, again I think it's almost worth seeing just for the Bill Nye stuff because it's just it's so bizarre hearing him talk about like Pokemon okay uh, but like really earnestly yeah. <laughs> um, and excitedly. And speaking of, um, yeah, of uh, video game movies, mm-hmm. like, did, where does it rank in them? Or, um, I said people have been saying this, like, is this yeah. the best one? Yeah. I guess it probably is on technicality <laughs> okay. front. Like, I can't think of one that's a better just film mm-hmm. on its own. Like, it's not a great film, but it's yeah, it's an it's a just about above average one, which is the best you can get with a video game yeah. movie. Yeah, okay. Um, but it's. But also people say, well, is it really a video game film? Look, it's it's not based on like a main Pokemon game. It's based on like a weird spin-off Pokemon game where there's the Detective Pikachu. And, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I suppose I didn't talk about Ryan Reynolds at all. Uh, he's fine in mm. it. Um, I had worried from the trailers it would just be like, it's Deadpool but a Pikachu. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which it isn't too much. There's a little okay. bit like, mm, okay. Um, but for the most part, it does feel like its own sort of character. Um mm. Apparently improv a lot of it, which kind of shows and okay. explains a lot of the darker <laughs> jokes, I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, no, it's good. I wouldn't mind watching more of these, but also I don't know if we need that. Uh, mm. Whatever. Go mm. go, go nuts. <laughs> uh, the last thing I'll talk about before we get to the big thing, uh, briefly, Vox Lux, which mm. is the new Natalie Portman movie from a guy who made a film I'd never heard of. Uh, <laughs> or Pattinson, I didn't see it. Doesn't matter. Weird movie. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, actually, let me ask you. So you you know of this film? Yeah. You have seen the trailer? No. Okay. <laughs> What's your impression of what the plot is? Uh, I don't think I know anything okay, about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of, as I said, I think I said to you earlier that I, I was hoping to see it, but it sounded like something that you, you'd want to know less about going in. Maybe I'm wrong. No, nah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's more just that they're, I think they're selling it weird. Like the okay. trailer that I saw, it looked like Black Swan, except with more okay. guns. Like the trailer looks like, just looks like Black Swan, but mm-hmm. then there's all these shots of like people in masks with like shotguns. So I was like, what, what? What's <laughs> happening? It gets a bit John Wick there for a moment. Um, the actual plot, and I actually don't think it matters knowing it's going because I knew something and it was fine. Uh, the actual plot is that Natalie Portman's only in like half of this movie. Oh, uh, okay. The first half is like played by a different actress who's like the younger version of her. Mm. So it's. It starts in the late 90s, I believe, or like 2000, and it's a school shooting, and she survives the school shooting, uh, she's like the one person that survives it, and then like gets a musical career at like singing this wholesome song about it, and then... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the school shooting is one of the most horrible things I've ever okay. seen. Uh, it's like, it's really well done, but Ugh. Jesus Christ, like if eighth grade is the the believable depiction of being a teenager. This is like the horrifying real world horror movie version of what a school shooting is like. Um, It's just so underplayed and just so like there's no dramatic flair to it. It's just very matter of fact and it's it's awful. Uh, It's horrible. Very well done. Um, And then it it sort of jumps around a bit after that. Like it kind of very quickly goes through her life up till she's Natalie Portman and like has a failed marriage and a kid and she's substance abusing and I don't know what the point of the film is. I think it's trying to say something about the nature of 
fame and the way we idolize people. Mm-hmm. But then, I'm, like, I was talking about, like, they deserve, I don't know, it's, it's really, I know definitely it has a thesis. I just, I'm really unclear okay. on exactly what it's trying to say about that thesis. It's it's a very intentionally kind of vague film, like, it's hard to read it. Uh, it ends really oddly. I won't say exactly how, but it's sort of, if you're taking the Black Swan analogy, it'd be like the final performance just goes well, and then it just cuts the credits. Like, that's sort of like... What? That's the end of it? Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Willem Dafoe is doing a voiceover. Oh, like he's yeah. the narrator, but he's not in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not mentioned the trailers. It's just like, oh, Willem Dafoe is just talking in the film now. Great, mm-hmm. cool, why? <laughs> um, I think as a collection of scenes, it's very good. Like every individual sort of dramatic, I don't know, set piece is the wrong word, but just the, all the scenes are like this heavy dialogue and her screaming and talking. They're good. Like it's very dramatically involving and it's very intense and interesting mm. i just i just don't really understand the broader point of what okay. it's getting at and i'm sure mm. there's someone somewhere who got it immediately and thought it was great I, I do think it's interesting and it is odd and it's mm. it sort of just hits you like a wave like it's a very overpowering film in some ways mm-hmm. um is this a strange it's a very yeah. strange strange film and i i just i don't know what to make of it yeah. honestly i'm not sure if i like it or hate it or i okay. think it's great or terrible or i just it's like a, a winning reference movie where it's like i think i like okay. this but also i don't know <laughs> funny actually um i was talking to a friend who went to a screening that had a power cut after the first half hour okay and she was saying everyone sat there in the theater for like five minutes thinking it was still part of the movie wait this film or a different film Vo- yeah vox lux yeah that's fair um <laughs> I so, wouldn't be surprised yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah I mean, that's probably the best <laughs> summation you can okay. give it of if a paragraph happened halfway through and you weren't sure that was the film or not that's that's the film <laughs> uh, like, like cinematography score all great it's actually kind of like 8th grade is I think the score the score is like a horror movie score but it's just over like really okay. mundane shots and stuff yeah. which I really like films doing that um, yeah yeah weird weird um, for some reason I'm just reminded of you talking about Under the Silver Lake and oh, I recently right. watched a half an hour kind of analysis discussion of it Oh, and I now think I'd really like that movie and I want to watch it. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember. Did you say you hated it or you didn't? Um, I I didn't really like it but I also thought it, it got a lot of like I think it was a extreme the amount of dislike it got. Mm-hmm. Like I think I said like of all the films that I wouldn't mind you know not getting much of a release yes. just, like that would not be the film because I think it's yeah. actually I think there's interesting things going on even though I thought it was kind of a mess yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. I, yeah actually that's another film I would like to talk to people about so do see it if you get a chance I think they could be on a similar spectrum alright of like there's definitely things to be said about this and this film is definitely saying things but just yeah. it's it's definitely not for everyone yes um, <laughs> yeah mm. So that's that's the segue. Uh, a film that is for everyone. Oh, yes. Literally everyone on Earth, it seems, going by ticket receipts. Uh, <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Hmm. Um, Sarah, do you have any strong opinions on Avengers Endgame? Uh, well, okay. So I'll say what <laughs> I'll say what I thought about it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, good a good start. start. I think so. Yeah. Um, I very much ad- admired both. Um, actually, Endgame, and I thought similarly with. Infinity War. If Infinity War, thank you. That they were both incredibly comprehensive movies. Like they both brought together so many diverse, not in the good way, story <laughs> plots, and, and you know, like um, brought together so many characters mm-hmm. and stuff. I think they made everything very understandable and followable. 
which is commendable. I also think that it sort of felt kind of dead inside. <laughs> um, and I didn't think, like, I think that they, they figured uh, out, they figured out sort of the technical side of stuff. I'm not sure that they figured out the, like, thing, the, you know, the heart that um, I would like to see in movies generally. <laughs> I think I agree with that. Like, for all of the issues I'd give about Age of Ultron, I think Joss Whedon did... There was a sort of beating heart at the end of that movie, even though it was again kind of messy and it wasn't great and mm-hmm. whatever. And I agree with you that both Endgame and Infinity War, I think probably more so Infinity War, because Endgame kind of yes. has more of a traditional actual structure yeah, to yeah, it, yeah. are both like master classes in producing. Mm. Like not so much directing, but like yes. producing, yeah, getting yeah, everything yeah. together. Like it's, <laughs> they are both very impressive just puzzle boxes yes. that I'm shocked work as movies on any level. Mm. But I think I agree with you that I. <laughs> didn't feel a whole lot towards I think probably a bit more end game just because yes knowing this was happens. an ending also, yeah, stuff happens <laughs> yeah. and stuff the actual finality kind of happens um, mm-hmm. like I'm not a sado I don't cry at movies ever didn't cry at this one mm. but I felt a little <laughs> bit I felt like the tingling the the, the, the merest like mm-hmm. brushing of a hand on the cheek of emotions yeah, uh, yeah. when I guess spoilers for the five that haven't <laughs> seen it yet uh, when you realise Black Widow's definitely dead, it's like, oh, that's mm, kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. And then just the sheer scale of that last battle that is happening when everyone's mm. going to all the portals, like, this is actually pretty impressive. Mm. I'm feeling some feelings. Um, yeah. This is like 10 years and like 20 plus <laughs> yeah. film for the characters all on screen at once. Cool. Good job. Yep. <laughs> um, to its credit, for a three hour movie, it didn't feel like three hours. No, it didn't. I saw it twice and yeah. it didn't feel like either time. So that's mm. actually good going. Well, well played. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mm. <laughs> it was a film uh, it was it's going cool. to make all of the money in the world here's a question do you mm. feel like this or Avatar is the more worthy uh, owner of the crown of high school people uh, of all time good point um, I, I feel I'll remember this one more than Avatar yeah I mean I, I don't I think I found Avatar quite boring yeah, <laughs> um, mm. yeah whereas I, yeah, yeah I, I don't think I found Endgame boring certainly no. um, there's always enough things going on Um yeah, did not feel that with Avatar at all. <laughs> um, what were your feelings on the the all female character moment? Was it pandering or was Ooh, it great? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's both because <laughs> I loved it, but I thought it was really thoroughly unearned. <laughs> that's um, yeah, no, that, that's reasonable. I definitely this kind of builds into the one thing that I oh yes, you had my a point. One, yes, <laughs> there I was think, a talking point. point. Thank God. Um, which is, I mean, I suppose part of why I felt that female scene was mm-hmm. very unearned was have you heard of the term the glass cliff no okay so you've probably heard of the term uh, the glass ceiling oh yes okay right. <laughs> so this is something that was at least I became aware of it on Freakonomics their podcast uh, obviously they didn't they didn't make it up but they were kind of brought it to my awareness which is essentially that when companies like um, especially Fortune 500 um, but, but but like, you know, in other places as well, when companies are in trouble, they will promote women to like CAO and to other high ranking um, positions okay. so that when they like crash and burn, uh, guess who they can blame? Yes. <laughs> I didn't realize this and I didn't realize until I was talking to a friend about it during the week. But isn't that exactly what happens to Black Widow? <laughs> Oh, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny to say that because I was actually thinking in the last few weeks about phase four of these Marvel movies and mm. the fact that now that they've made 
all of the money they will ever make. Like, they will never beat this. This is the peak of money they'll make. That's a fair point, yeah. But the Phase 4 films that they've announced so far are all noticeably more diverse than what came before. Like, mm. there's going to be that Shang-Chi movie, which is the first, like, Asian lead character. There's going to be an openly gay character in the Eternals movie. Mm. But this is when the box office is going to start going down. So it's sort of mm-hmm. kind of a similar idea that once this happens, they go, oh, well, diversity killed it. It's like, no, no, it that's didn't. That's <laughs> a good point. That's a worryingly good point. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think that's not a fair, unfair description of Black Widow's um, <laughs> arc. Yeah, I will say I found that scene very funny. Uh, when it they're having funny. like a oh, suicide off. Yes. Not the most noble suicide. <laughs> you know, like, how does like, how do the mechanics of the soul stone thing work? Like, yeah. if you kill yourself it's, and... It's, yeah, it's so... Uh, perfunctory? I don't know. I don't it's know. so it weird. Funny. And I mean, like, ugh, I, why didn't they just just throw anything off the cliff and find out what happens? Do you know? I mean, Any old child. <laughs> yeah, drop kick a puppy, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm sort of like, how is the fr- how is it that you turn up this thing with no knowledge of what's going to happen and be like, mm. well, one of us is going to have to... <laughs> You know, yeah, one of us is going to have to suicide the other somehow. Yeah, pretty much um, <laughs> bizarre uh, sequence of events. And it it did annoy me that basically the only people that stay dead are, mm. well, her and Tony, but Tony got like a giant fuck off funeral, oh, yeah. which she didn't yeah. get. No. Because um, <laughs> I guess even of this film, the casualties are Black Widow, a version of Nebula. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's a th- Tony, so yeah, it's a two yeah. to one on um, the gender. Film. But like, <laughs> Nebula's fine. A version of Gamora is alive again, but yeah. our Gamora, quote unquote, is still dead mm-hmm. for now. Um, and, and actually, I thought that was quite, that was kind of kind of disrespectful to the last movie and to Peter Quill as well, to just be like, have well, the fuck two Peter of Quill, them. Okay, on. fair <laughs> enough. But just to have, yeah, the, the Gamora of the other universe turn up and be like, ooh, him. This is like, okay, yeah funny whatever it's like i mean that was that was like your genuine emotional arc of your last movie so maybe don't That's rubbish true. it i don't uh, know <laughs> i didn't draw the line of it was him or a tree but yeah that was <laughs> i guess i can see what you're saying um yeah i don't know um i oh actually i have mm, another question for you what yes. did you think about uh spider-man in um in endgame i know that's a very big question and i'll maybe uh, uh, he's not really further. <laughs> in it a whole lot my main no. thought was that <laughs> Tony Stark is like in his final two seconds of life yeah. you got this this kid he very yeah. knows like, kind of going like, oh, stop dying he's like yeah. no maybe that is like his wife say goodbye yeah. to she's like yeah. right you're just half son man just yeah. step back for a yeah. second everyone in this room everyone in this field knows him better than you do get away from him <laughs> yeah very true uh, what was your uh, question so, specifically about yeah I should probably make, make it make sense which is that I, I it sort of, I think that they took away from the from the end game ending by having basically tried to do the exact same emotional beat as they did from uh, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Because I thought in Infinity War it was actually really powerful when um, t- uh, Tom Holland's character was going like, "Holy shit! I, what, what's happening? I'm scared!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. That was the that was probably the moment of the last yeah year or the last 10 years of movies that I was closest to being like holy shit I, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, fair. I'm gonna mm-hmm. cry now mm-hmm. um, and so I just thought like for them to try and depend to, to, to do the same again mm. I thought that was really unfair to to Spider-Man and, and actually to Tom Holland as well because he's such a great actor but to put all that on to put the whole weight of a franchise on one actor's shoulders I thought that was mean um, <laughs> I guess it's mean but he carried it okay so like yeah. yeah, I guess that's sure he probably off. loves that though. Like that's, <laughs> that's a lot of screen time for him. Yeah, to do a lot of yeah. 
the heavy lifting on what comes mm. from future memes. Um, Very true. I, yeah, people have pointed out, and I kind of don't disagree that this film does feel like a weird. Like obviously, it's very fan servicey, and mm. the whole middle hour is just fan service for a previous movie, which is fine. I don't mind this grand, whatever you've made twenty years of these, 20, 10 years of these. That's, <laughs> it feels ten years. Ten years of these the films, time, twenty films with all the time traveling. It's twenty. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> you um, fair enough. Go with that. It's weird having what felt like callbacks or yeah. nostalgia for Infinity War scenes. Like the Black Widow yes, sequence was just a sort of remember this in the Gamora bit last film. Yeah, that was a year ago. Of course, I remember it. It was like less than a year ago. And like you're saying with Spider Man, having basically doing the same scene again but reversed mm. with him and Tony. Um, weird, odd. Uh, I don't have nostalgia for Infinity War because I it's I probably watched it in the last six months, so it's mm. still a new movie in mm. my mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, we were talking about last time, the Captain Marvel in the room of it all. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, she didn't need to be in that movie at all. They could have made her solo film afterwards. It would have made no yeah. difference. She basically yeah. was needless to the plot. Yeah. She solved two minor issues that couldn't solve other ways. I did think it was funny that they almost, I think, knowingly had some goading moments of, oh, she's going to swoop in and save the day. Yeah. Like, twice they do oh. that, but then they don't do it. Like, That's actually <laughs> kind of funny because... <laughs> I'm not sure if they saw the backlash coming or maybe changed some scenes so it looked much more like that because that felt like intentions goading their the worst parts of their own fan base. Kind of, mm. Oh, look, she's going to save the, the day, guys, on her own. Like, ah, I'm only joking. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I liked her-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought... I think it was noticeable that she shot these scenes first before her own movie and she wasn't really given knowledge of what she was acting against. Mm-hmm. Like Some of them apparently it was just her on a green screen saying really? lines, wow. not being told what's <laughs> happening around her. Uh, which I think does mean that she comes across sort of cold for a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. bit with her and Spider-Man, that was really nice. I thought that, that was Brie being very personable oh, and yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. charming and mm. I like that little interaction they have. Again, she could have been not on that movie and would have lost nothing. Um, mm. like, I like that character, like her, but I was like, mm. she did not need to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For all the belly aching for the last yeah. month and a half. Yeah. She, couldn't have, she could have been not in the movie and it would have been fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it was good. I think it was mm. all right. <laughs> Pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. What did you think? I, I, I hadn't... It sort of. I think it wasn't until I was watching the movie I was like realizing how um how convenient the snap was mm-hmm. because it was essentially a way of keeping two thirds of their characters in not what's the word hi, basically hiding them away so that yes. they could burst out in the last <laughs> yeah the last pretty much act. yes um. <laughs> so yeah it was kind of very like I was surprised how, how like in. And I think that's where my admiration slash issues with the film g- come from. It's like, mm. it's quite clever. It's massively cynical. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, As a series of like ones and zeros and like yeah. slot A's and B's, it is, it's quite well constructed. But yeah, there's no real feeling to a lot yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, what does it also say when like the the writers, directors, producers, they're all depending on like basically the, the bad guy's machinations in order to work if that makes sense mm. Mm. <laughs> like it's, like basically what Thanos does is exactly what they are doing um, which is like yeah, you know there's the, <laughs> there's weird stuff going on there is all I can say <laughs> I think it's kind of been a feature of the Avengers movies specifically because like the first mm. movie is all about how this won't work as a team up it's a stupid idea the second one's about how it's a bad idea to keep doing this and like these are all very self-aware and third one's just this the universe is too big, it's too overpopulated, and you get rid of mm-hmm. some people like, this is all very yeah, self-aware yeah. stuff. I think that's kind of at least somewhat like winking, knowing mm-hmm. writing. Um, mm-hmm. 
people have said it. I kind of don't disagree that it's odds. Well, I actually think it's kind of cool. They just they kill Thanos at the start, and it's just, mm. they just immediately like in the first ten minutes decapitate him. He's dead. Like, oh, mm. okay, that didn't solve anything. Cool, great. <laughs> um, but then the fact that the version that they fight at the end isn't the version that they mm-hmm. know from the last movie, so it's sort yeah. of this. this I know they kind of have the moment where um, not Black Widow, um, Scarlet Witch is like, I'll, "You took everything. I don't even know oh, who yeah. you are." Like that's yeah. quite funny. I was, yeah. home, but I was like, "Yeah, she's right. I mean, she's right though." Like none of you know this character. This that's is a different yeah, person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm, but again, like we're saying, there's no real heart to it, so it's yeah, <laughs> it's just one it. more like lack of emotional on the pile. Yeah, and there's some like tiny moments that work really well. Like um, there's a bit with Black Widow near the start when I think she's been told about Hawkeye, and she's. Oh, like yeah, crying yeah. to a sandwich it's, <laughs> it's been a very funny meme photo since then okay but it's like that's, a, that's some good acting there Scarlett good, good yeah, job yeah, um, yeah. she's very good when she gives her, mm-hmm. it's given time to do it so. yeah no definitely looking forward to her solo movie mm-hmm. which I guess is now a prequel yeah <laughs> <laughs> unless it's her escaping from a stone I don't know I don't know anymore I'm tired yeah I would honestly love a break from these. I'd like them to stop yeah. making them for two years that's it yeah I mean but Spider-Man's out in the month so yeah <laughs> like you re- I don't know it, it does seem like What's the point of Endgame? End it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least, you know, yeah. a while. But, um, yeah. Do you think, like, giving um, Tony Stark this emotional, this big conclusion to his big arc, was was that the way they should have gone? Or? Uh, the only way they kind of could have gone, like, he's been the face of the franchise for 10 mm. years now, and... His movie was the first movie, and mm. the first Avengers movie was kind of just it was him and friends. Uh, I think that last funeral sequence was obnoxious. Mm. It was so overdone and long, yeah. and like it, it, it was sort of funny, kind of just watching the amount of people at the funeral. Like, oh, Michelle Pfeiffer at the funeral—that's cool. Why is she here? <laughs> uh, the kid from Iron Man Three. Yeah. Like, you forget like how many characters there are, but I was like, mm. this is just most people don't even know who he is like, I know he saved all reality whatever mm. but like <laughs> why, why, why are you here yeah um, I th- uh, to your question I don't know I guess so <laughs> I I really started to hate that character about yeah. halfway through these mm. and I think they made him not necessarily redeemable but more likable the last couple like, actually he's quite likable mm. in this one okay. especially when he had like a kid and so like oh he actually is a okay Do, human yeah. oh yes go on well I don't know like <laughs> It, it sort of annoyed me that they managed to figure things so that he could save the universe without giving Losing up anything. anything. Yeah. You know, it's just like, how is it that, like, I don't know, I think that, that idea of just, like, rich white man, like, <laughs> gets to save universe without, like, making any sacrifice. Mm. Not any sacrifice because like, people are like, he, killed, he died. He so, wanted he, to die. Like, he wanted he to die want, for years. Yeah, and also <laughs> just, like, he didn't have to... Everything went the way he wanted it to mm-hmm, go, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's probably not how we're going to save the world in the future. <laughs> so no. just just for FYI. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's not unfair. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I suppose I think it's a I think it's kind of a shame that they couldn't have made the franchise bigger than one character. I like I think it's a shame because they're they could have <laughs> but you know that's what they chose to do <laughs> I mean I guess they, they kind of did but yeah like I know the, like, the last shot is obviously Cap in the past with Peggy and oh, so yeah. it's kind of nice if a bit sort of weird if you start thinking yeah. about it too much but <laughs> yeah I guess they all they all did okay in the end mm. bar Black Widow who's yeah. dead with her head smashing <laughs> a rock but other than her everyone was fine <laughs> I, yeah I love the fact as well I was listening to uh, Plumbing the Death Star had mm-hmm. actually quite a good um, episode on uh, on Endgame and they were like 
Yeah, I mean, I know Hawkeye says you can't bring her back, but like, like you know, it's kind of could they not have done more to try? <laughs> like, is that just it? Hulk, Hulk tried. He said he tried. He? Um, okay. <laughs> well, that's good then. They tried. <laughs> well, I guess like what, how when you bring the stone back, surely you should shouldn't the person in the stone get out of it? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Is someone in the stone? Strange. Who cares? Um, <laughs> Yeah, because the only people that really died in the end were Tony, her, and Vision, I guess. So, like, for their giant two-film, everyone-will-die thing, there was (laughs) three main character casualties and some off-screen civilians, probably, but no one cares Mm. about them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Hmm. I I think there's a bit near the start where um, Scott Lang comes back and he sees his daughter growing up. That was okay. That yeah. felt like a human emotion happened in my in my head. Yeah. Uh, Paul uh, Rudd's very good though. He's just very he good. Is, yeah, everyone. actually, I, I quite liked as well that he had a um, what's what's his ugh, what's the name of the guy who sleeps for a twi- um Rip Van a uh, Rip Van Winkle moment. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know if you know that it's like a short story American I know short the story. Name. Um. Where this guy like sleeps for he just like sleeps for twenty years and wakes up and. Yeah, it's just like how everything's changed in the world. Right. So, well, I just... Like It the Clown. Yes, Pennywise, there you sorry. go. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of like that it was him getting that moment mm. because of everyone recently being like, how the hell is he 50? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was the correct that's character true. to have that mm-hmm. um, story. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was definitely like some nice moments. There were. Uh, My question to you would be, given that Mm. you put Infinity War on your top 10 last year, Mm. do you think this will be a top 10 this year? I don't think so. I I don't think it was as good as Infinity War. And I also think like, to be honest, Infinity War, I I watched a few movies from last year since, so Infinity War would sadly be knocked off my top 10. Fair. I was surprised to see it there anyway. Really? Okay. Um, But yes, that's that's, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So no more Marvel, no more Game of Thrones. No, it's all finished. It. No more yeah. Star Wars in six months. Forever and ever and ever. <laughs> that, yeah. If only. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones. Maybe. Maybe we'll talk about it. I don't know. Yeah. We'll we'll see how pe- how the lay of the land is in a month's time. Mm. I'm trying to compare my head now, like as endings, as like mm. <laughs> in massive inverted commas endings to both those franchises. Mm. How do they compare? Yeah. I don't know. Well, there's yeah. I mean, what I thought was interesting is like both. Um, obviously, I haven't I haven't yet to see the, see the very last mm-hmm. episode of Game of Thrones. Um, but like that, both the 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 season and um, Endgame both revolved around like a, a discrete action that sort of ends the problem. Uh, so you have the snap, you have stabbing the Night King, and then everything else just and, and then all their problems <laughs> dust. Um, uh, yeah, pretty much. So um. I mean, I don't know what that says other than that's a weird kind of trope that's just going up a lot at the moment yeah, it's such an odd one like I know we wouldn't talk about the the last episode and the, the scaring of King's Landing thing um, because I don't want to talk about it anymore <laughs> the Night King thing was interesting um, in that mm. that should have been a season finale episode yeah like yeah. I know we now know that they were offered 10 or more episodes like, oh, no yeah. no we'll do it in 6 <laughs> and I was like really okay let's see that works out oh it's worked out, it's worked out terribly that, that's to be expected um, like it does say this could have been two seasons easily Oh, and yeah, that should have been yeah. a season finale. Because yeah. also, there was no, to my mind, there was no tension in that battle. Because you're like, well, there's still three more after this before the ending. So yeah, yeah. no one can really die, bar like Ian Glenn. Yeah. Which is like, sad <laughs> to see him go, but also, yeah, all right, sure, he can die. He's pretty yeah. pointless in all this. That's it. Um, it's funny, yeah. What was it called? The, it was the 
the, the long, long night, night. Yeah. and people were like it was just a regular night <laughs> <laughs> it was a longer episode I suppose yeah, yeah 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 um, yeah because I know uh, George R. R. Martin is always like oh yeah like the, when he finally writes those books like the mm. idea of the long night and winter finally having arrived and stuff I always assumed it would be like several months of yeah, it would skirmishes been, with the undead and it, stuff but no one yeah. battle or even if it had been like a siege um, I think that yeah like if they'd actually done a like proper kind of Helm's Deep mm, thing mm-hmm. that could have been quite good especially if your opponents don't need food nope <laughs> <laughs> just constantly moving and walking yeah. and yeah, there was good bits in it. It's just, I don't know. Mm. And I agree, like, once you kind of know what's going to happen, that, like, why would the Night King even go near anyone? Why yeah. wouldn't he just... It's, it's really silly. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure if the books will make it any better, but I feel like they probably would. Mm. Like, I know you haven't seen the last episode yet, but the last episode feels like it could easily be half a book. Like, it, there's a bit okay. where they basically skip over several weeks and just don't oh, okay. show what happened. Like, <laughs> but that's, that's not what the books will be. The books will be every day in yes. detail. Like, it's just weird that... They skipped so much time in the last episode. It's crazy. Like that's um, that's definitely at least half a book in book mm, version. Um, mm-hmm. It's crazy, but it's it's over now. There you go. And the prequel show already be made. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not watching that. I don't care. I, don't, yeah. I really don't care. <laughs> so tired. So very tired. Um, so just that that's the lesson, Hollywood. If you're listening, stopping Game of Thrones. Yeah. No more Star Wars. Break from Marvel. Stop mm. making John Wick movies. Just everyone's tired. Yeah. Give us all a yeah. break. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, um, oh well yep <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's that next for us to look forward to mm. uh, Godzilla um, yeah. <laughs> that looks pretty maybe good mm. uh, Spider-Man month <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Woman 2 that's not is for that... in a year oh is it not oh, okay no, sadly um, or yeah yeah that's actually we, n- we never said anything about DC Universe so more DCU <laughs> uh, what's next on that front actually yeah because we had Aquaman and Shazam which are both pretty okay mm-hmm. um, is Birds of Prey this year or early next year mm. early next year um, yeah I think mm. yeah DC is yeah they're not bad they're just sort of well Aquaman a billion dollars so okay, I guess yep. people like that somewhere <laughs> <laughs> more of him but, well yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> or not you know <laughs> It was, it was sometimes one is okay <laughs> yeah John Wick um, <laughs> one is okay <laughs> okay I think we've babbled enough yeah. um, I feel exhausted just thinking about all this again like ah oh, end game so mm. much of it endless <laughs> uh, thank you for tuning in um, this episode scores a, a three in the bleakometer I think it wasn't mm. that bleak yeah no, mostly hopeful um, yeah bleak ending but, well, yeah you know. <laughs> well, that's life has a bleak ending so I'm going to die horribly in a big fire <laughs> Um, yep. <laughs> That's it, I think. We'll <laughs> sign off for now. Thanks for listening, if See you did you or didn't. Bye. Thank you.